You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 198. My heart goes out to people who work with young, like teachers, even uh, young team leaders, social entrepreneurs that lead their own organization, all the different people that perhaps may not get a chance to even taste the goodness of coaching, if you know what I mean. Over the last 15 years of coaching, I've worked with a lot of wonderful people, don't get me wrong, and, and so have all the coaches probably on these calls that you do, right. this wonderful program. And I'm not saying that that's not important. It certainly is. Right? It certainly is to impact these wonderful talents and leaders of organizations that impact different people. But I start to realize that what if that impact can be brought to homes, to schools, to different places? And because of my understanding of how I changed as a father impacted my family first, mm-hmm. I began to realize that this whole little impact can happen if that awareness has been built into that leader, wherever the leader is. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rentschler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Well, hello, and thanks for joining us this week. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, and it's great to have you here. Each and every week, we are going to focus in on something that will enhance your life as a coach. And I am really excited to introduce you to this week's guest. And maybe excited isn't even the right word. I'm actually grateful to be able to introduce you to this week's guest, because spending time with Mel Liao is being in the presence of warmth and generosity and social responsibility. Mel is a master certified coach. And in today's interview, he's going to share the impact that coaching has had on his business, on how he parents and how he shows up in his family, on how he takes social responsibility forward to bring coaching to the ends of the world. And in my time with Mel, he was so transparent and open and authentic about the highs and lows of his coaching business, about what motivated him to move into coaching and what motivates him to help social entrepreneurs learn coaching techniques so that they can impact the world and make a difference through their social responsibility enterprises. Now, Mel is an internationally acclaimed leadership and life coach. He is a speaker. He's a trainer. He engages with individuals and teams to uncover their personal and professional potential and then aligns them with their inner purpose and desires. He he says that basically he exists to empower the next generation of leaders and catalysts to live and be brave. Spending time with Mel is like being enveloped in 
warmth and generosity and potential. It was a joy for me to spend time with him and to talk about how we can all bring coachings to the ends of the world and see what the impact of that will be. It is with great joy that I take you to my interview with Mel so that we can embrace the coaching that we bring forward. Let's go to my interview. Mel, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for taking your morning to be with us. You're most welcome. It is a pleasure to be with you here, Meg. I have been looking forward to this. We did our exploratory call over a month ago, so that left me yeah. all excited and like anticipating our interview. So Thanks. you you are somebody that people just are going to want to know. I mean, it is just an honor to have you on the show. You do such wonderful things. I'm wondering you. if you would be willing to start just by sharing a little bit about your journey and what's led you to where you are now. Sure. Thanks, Meg, for having me on this uh, wonderful program. The journey has been ups and downs, actually. So just a snapshot, I was a uh, marketer. I worked for large FMCG companies when I was much younger. <laughs> and then, you know, I left marketing altogether and I left my home country, Malaysia, in 2005. So we decided to move over to Melbourne, Australia. And that's where we've been. Um, and it's been a wonderful journey. And this trip over here just uh, made us uh, realize that everything is perhaps we have to start anew and afresh. But I'll be frank with you, Meg, I, I didn't really want to start my career fresh again. <laughs> so <laughs> It's like, oh, I, I don't know, I want to start yeah. all over again, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So I went back into that same mode, right, that same default mode, and went in going for interviews in that same kind of jobs, marketing and promotions and all that, and did not get one. Oh. So. After a couple of months, I was really in the dumps. And I was like, oh my gosh, why am I here in Australia? Right, here <laughs> I know? am like thousands of miles away from home, trying to start fresh and not <laughs> able to find a job. That had to be stressful, Mel. Absolutely stressful, Meg. I, I really felt it was probably one of my lowest points in my life. Hmm. And perhaps even the callers... Uh, listening in today, it will be understanding that we've all had these different milestones in our life that has brought us to the depth of the depth, you know? Right. And it's just, I was just wondering what else could I do? And to be frank, I heard this voice that says, get into coaching. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what is coaching? So as, as normal, I would explore i would research before i jump in i'm not one of those mavericks that just jump in without any study right. on it so I, I did i took about maybe a couple of weeks to to study everything and i'm like oh my gosh this looks amazing but this is so frightening and so yeah it was in 2005 that same year when I decided to take up my first coaching certification. Well, I would love to say that it went all smoothly and, you know, it's like happy ever after. But However, obviously it's not. <laughs> However, you don't want to lie to us. 
I think that that's important to note because I think sometimes we put all the time, the energy into the coach certification program that we go through and it doesn't magically just happen afterwards. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So it's, what it's did you like do it's... to get some traction? Yeah. Yeah. As I was saying, it was not like Disney, right? It's no, like, no, <laughs> no magic happened. wand here. Yeah. No, no. What did I do? I actually started applying it. I think that was the most powerful thing that I started to do. I started applying it in my own life. Mm-hmm. I started to apply it, you know, at my jobs. I, I did get my jobs later on, right? So I started to be the coach internally in my roles that I was handling at that point of time. So couple of roles. I was a sales manager at one point of time for a Mm -hmm. water company. And then I was a general manager for a multi-level company. (laughs) And then I was a COO of a branch of uh, telco companies as well. And all the time over the next four or five years, I started to apply, apply, apply that coaching within that role I was given. And I thought I was actually improving in my coaching skill sets. But Mm -hmm. Meg, that was not the time when I said I would jump in and become an entrepreneur. That's a different story altogether. (laughs) I'm like, didn't even come to mind. You know, I thought I'll just be that wonderful worker at work, faithful leader, and apply those coaching skill sets there. So is it fair to say that you were using coaching as part of your leadership styles, part of the way that you engaged with others? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I wouldn't say that all the time I was the coach, if you know what I mean, especially at home, right? But (laughs) yes, yes. I would like to say that I I would be applying a lot of those new skill sets, like in anything. If we we take on new skill set, we have to apply it. And I And I found that the first five years of my coaching journey, I was an internal coach Mm -hmm. inside an organization and hence understand also the challenges that internal coaches or leaders will have on the impact of their people in the organization. But you were living coaching every day to the best of your ability. I mean, none of us are perfect. None of us pull it out all the time. How, in what ways, like if you were to give some examples of mm. how you were applying coaching before you were really a coach, but you were a leader mm. using coaching. I mean, yeah. you were a certified yeah. coach, but you weren't yeah. employed as a coach. Yeah, I think the most important part, that this, and, and not the simplest, but the most important one, it was active listening. Right? You know, as a leader before, we are so, I'll speak by myself, we are so, we know what exactly we want as the outcome of a certain thing. Yeah. So what happened in my old leadership style, it, I would be like, I'm coaching you, but let me tell you, this is one, two, three, four, five that you need to be doing, right? Right. Yeah. I'm coaching like, by telling yeah. you do and this. That's yes. right. <laughs> so that was what I was doing. And I was thinking it was coaching. And and that was that awakening that I had where I realized that I needed to actually listen first to people's conversation. And of course, that powerful questioning that I replied a lot of times when I just sat back after asking the questions without interruption, without coming in with the answers, without all of that, 
that I normally would have done to save someone from that situation, if you know what I mean. Yes. Now I've just held on on my tongue and I began to allow that person to be who the person was in front of me, not just my employee, but the person in their best potential. Now, once again, it's not always very easy because we've got performers and non-performers. And right. obviously working with performers might be slightly different and working with non-performers might be slightly different in the coaching terms as well. But it was really fun to explore coaching and listening and questioning without me jumping in as per normal leadership style. Yeah. How would you say that you were received by your employees mm. when you began active listening? That's a very powerful question because I've had people tell me that it was wonderful just speaking to me. Now, that didn't help. I mean, it helped my ego a little bit. But to me, I just felt that I was beginning to understand what it is to serve someone, right? Versus saying, this is what I want you to be doing as part of your role responsibilities, right? Mm -hmm. So I started to realize that if I start to give them back the accountability, then it would be so powerful for them to want to commit to whatever goals and whatever things that they want to achieve for the company and of course for themselves as well. So it is that whole balance that I was playing with and just to realize that it is powerful to unlock that potential in someone and I would dare say believe in that human potential right in front of you. That's where the power came. And you know, Meg, that reminds me about how my relationship with even my two sons. I have an elder daughter, uh -huh. and, you know, we're fine, you know, we're pretty good. <laughs> but my two sons, right? My two sons are always watching me, always, you know, looking at what I do, what I, you know, hearing what I say, what I don't say. And I never realized the impact until obviously hindsight when they started to joke about the father I was before. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, you know, you know, obviously in, in times when I was happy, okay, they would catch me and say, do you know that you were like this before? I'm like, really? Am I that bad before? <laughs> <laughs> but you really yeah. began, so even your family noticed you living coaching. Yeah, would that say so? Obviously, they, they started saying, you know, um, some of them, even when they were younger, they said, I, I want to be a coach when I, when I grow up. So to me, that sounds like, oh my gosh, am I slowly walking the talk that they are looking at something good and saying, I want to be like Michael Jordan, you know, <laughs> when I grow up, I want to be like that. I want to be a coach. Yeah. And they were even imitating me. They were putting on jackets and they were like, oh, this is how Coach Mel is, you know. And so I, I started to understand the power of coaching when, yes, you're right, Meg, when you start embodying it, living it, and it starts being a part of you. And I think that's the power of whatever it is and obviously coaching as well. Oh, yeah. Now, you went to finally a place you were able to do all this good as a leader yeah. and listening and, and empowering your people through listening. At some point, you went into business for yourself as a coach, correct? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> what made you that was, make that yeah. transition? Wow. It was not a straight jump, 
like in anything in life, I think it it takes a bit of testing and then seeing whether this is is this water warm enough for me to jump in? You yeah. know, you, you're testing it with your toes and you're like, okay, shall I go in now? It took five good years, actually. Mm-hmm. So at the end of that fifth year, I've already tested it when I was going back to Asia, right? I was to and fro going back to Asia. And I was talking to a, a few of my close friends who were leaders, obviously, at a point of time in organizations. So I was like, hey, you know, have you heard about coaching and executive coaching and all of this? And they're like, nah, nah, yeah. this, doesn't, this doesn't work, man. You know, I've got my boss coaching me and it doesn't work. <laughs> all kinds of stories, right? And so every year went by and the stories began to change. And the story that actually made me, one of the stories that made me do the jump was this friend of mine who was a senior VP in a bank. Uh-huh. Right? He had a coach himself at the fifth year and that dramatically changed his life. You know, I was already telling him about coaching and you know what, being so close, he'll be like, yeah, Mel, all right. Yeah, yeah very yeah, good yeah. to you. Wait, wait, wait. But, yeah. but, you know, and, and then he said, oh my gosh, you don't know what happened, Mel. My company just give me a coach and she's amazing i'm like finally you got it yeah <laughs> and that little shift in his leadership gave him a chance to actually even get out of banking because deep inside him there was a yearning that he wanted to explore different things like giving back and, and impacting people and being a you know a source of encouragement to people and that allowed him to even consider leaving the bank of ever since he's been there for 20 years so wow what a transformation whoa yeah absolutely this is just one of those things that made me realize that oh my gosh actually what i have as a coach is a privilege and so that made me uh, one of the reasons go back to asia actually so meg i i left australia in 2010 together with family and we went on this journey to go back and we created this organization and we've been serving that region for the last uh, 10 years now i would like to say and and that's just been a, another amazing journey another amazing learning being able to go back and and serve and grow coaching in, in that part of the, the world. So when you do it now, you're living in Australia still, but you fly <laughs> to Asia to do your coaching, correct? Well, well now correct. you probably, well, now. <laughs> yeah, we all in the pandemic, you're probably doing it just like we're visiting right now, but yeah, but absolutely. you were traveling to Asia to do your executive yeah. coaching. Absolutely. I was doing executive coaching, talent development. We would do coaching certifications all kinds of programs, motivation, leadership, everything back there. And we enjoyed it because my family also moved back with me. So I wasn't really flying in and out for about six years in the okay. first six years of the organization until, of course, uh, after, after six years, we re-decided to come back to Melbourne. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's the story of going up and down and the family's back here. And, and with me as well, obviously. And it's just been amazing being able to now understand that even with coaching, you could take it across borders, right? I'm, I'm for one, really loving the face-to-face. I'll be frank with you. I'm, I'm a kind of face-to-face guy, but I'm uh-huh. also an online person right? because I've I put that into training. You know, I've, I've been on online, I think about six years ago with Zoom and uh-huh. Skype and all of that. 
and now it's it's just natural to have everything that I'm doing wherever I am. I could be in KL and I could be doing some coaching in different parts of the world and vice versa. So that's that's the power of coaching, I'm sure. Well, you, and when and we I talk appreciate. about the power of coaching, you are you're somebody who puts all of his energy into what he believes in. I mean, you are bringing coaching around the world. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing in Africa. Oh, wow. The Africa story uh, came about because I was involved in my first social enterprise. That was in 2012 when I uh, partnered with a visually impaired person to bring in Dialogue in the Dark, which is a, a concept of allowing people who are visually impaired to lead the scene in training, in workshops and stuff like that. So non-visually impaired people will be coming into the scene to experience what it is to be a, a blind person. Wow. So that was just amazing experience. So you could do really deep active listening and so on and so forth. So that journey brought me to India of all places. And that Indian experience, because the whole worldwide contingent of the dialogue in the dark were in India, and we were based in a place called Kantari. And Kantari is a social enterprise school based in Kerala, India, on the west of India. And to be frank, I was first time in India, so I was enjoying the scene over there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. And then suddenly I realized that this whole school, it was populated with wonderful, young, smart, amazing Africans. And I was like, what's the deal here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm in <laughs> India and I'm surrounded with this wonderful group of people serving us because we were the conference delegates, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we were there and I, I started to realize that these guys had stories behind them, their names, right? So what did I, I do was I, I stayed back one more day after the conference was done and I interviewed some of them and this blew my mind. There were some people that wanted to go back after their studies in Kantari and graduating from that social enterprise school mm -hmm. and going back and serving the prisons of their country. Wow. Yeah. There's this one guy that started this whole initiative to create libraries in prisons and mentor these young folks who were in there over X number of months so that they could come out different on the other side. And then there was another girl who wanted to go back and empower women, young women, so that they are given an opportunity, an equal opportunity. Because as you know, in different parts of the world, we realize that there is this imbalance mm -hmm. of uh, male jobs and female jobs. So she wanted to give young women a chance to have employment. And so she started doing different things with them. And so these were just some of the stories. And you know, on the flight back, from Kerala, India, I decided in my head, you know, I would, I would start coaching them from afar. And so that, that's how we started. So that was in 2013 after that. Um, and I started that journey and I, I created this uh, initiative called Catalyst. And we have obviously been on ground as well. We've been to places like Nigeria, Zimbabwe, and Kenya and impacted hundreds of young people with that message that you can do it. Oh, <laughs> you know, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that's what we do. We, we coach and empower social entrepreneurs in different parts of Africa. And we hope, obviously, that this will continuously grow into something that even other coaches 
can join this initiative and be part of this growth of impact. Yeah. Wow, that is so inspirational. And you. I, you have this mission that you want to impact the world. Don't you want to bring coaching to the ends of the world? Isn't that what yes. you told me? That's yes. amazing. Yes, yes, yes. And the whole mission is to equip 10,000 coaches, hopefully from our program that we do, right? So that that over the next 20 years will impact another 10 million people. So that's the whole math behind it. I'm, I'm a sort of a little bit of a math guy. So I'm like, I want to impact 10 million people. How do I do it, right? So I've got to raise obviously 10,000 coaches who will in, in fact, each of them impact another thousand over their 20 years. So that will be that whole multiplier effect. And yeah, um, as I shared with you, to make coaching a lifestyle. Right. So when we think about making coaching a lifestyle, and I think that this is even something that you've written a book about, really kind Mm -hmm. of getting out of the fog and getting into the clarity that, that coaching can bring. But when you think about bringing coaching as a lifestyle to everyone, what kinds of things are included in that? What kinds of things are about living coaching as a lifestyle? Yeah, actually, you know, Meg, my heart goes out to people who work with young, like teachers, even uh, young team leaders, social entrepreneurs that lead their own organization, all the different people that perhaps may not get a chance to even taste the goodness of coaching, if you know what I mean. Yes. Over the last 15 years of coaching, I've worked with a lot of wonderful people, don't get me wrong, and and so have all the coaches probably on these calls that you do, this wonderful program. And I'm not saying that that's not important. It certainly is. It certainly is to impact these wonderful talents and leaders of organizations that impact different people. But I start to realize that what if that impact can be brought to homes, to schools, to different places. And because of my understanding of how I changed as a father impacted my family first, Mm -hmm. I began to realize that this whole little impact can happen if that awareness has been built into that leader, wherever the leader is, that can become part of their DNA moving forward, hence their lifestyle, everyday living, right? So I started to realize that I, I really want to equip not just, you know, leaders out there, which I do still, mm-hmm. but I also think that there is this whole gap in the market that we're not focusing on the people that are managing or, or being with or leading the the people that are the next generations, right? right? The wonderful teachers of the world. So how do I make that into a lifestyle? Well, I realized that they have to have tool sets. They have to have all these things that we sometimes take for granted as coaches because we've got all these skill sets, but we need to make it accessible to them. And so, so yes, I've, I've written this book and this book will focus on how to live the life that we desire. And of course, that whole that whole root of of that is to be able to equip themselves so that they could then change and become aware about themselves and and then hence impact their circle of influence so so that's how it is it's not like it's just again no fairy no fairy no fairy dust no no, no, magic wand no it's it's really kind of influence and throughout this time that we've talked you've 
emphasize the ripple effect. You've emphasized the, the, <laughs> the impact of, of the importance of showing up and, and being consistent yeah. And, yeah. and that everybody you influence influences other people as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's really, really important because, you know, in, in my program with, with coaches, one of the things that I, I want to make sure that they understand is that we have to be the coach first and onto ourselves and, and apply those skill sets onto ourselves. You know, ask ourselves those hard questions and not just to our clients and begin to have those answers ourselves and begin to understand what changes we are making onto our own lives and, and then start to trickle that back into our, our, our whatever circle of influence, right? And, and that's how I feel coaching must be done over the next couple of years and decades. It is not just something that we could just, you know, take on and say, oh, I've done coaching, you know, I've, I've got my jab, it's a coaching jab and I'm now coaching. It's, it's an everyday decision. Even when I wake up on a bad day, right? I heard this from a, from a good friend. He says, um, when you leave the room, how will you enter to the next room? So I thought that was amazingly powerful because that whole, again, the ripple effect of that bad day I'm having in this room, right? And that could be the room in the office. Right. <laughs> and when I come back to the next room at home, am I bringing that same energy into that place and, and destroy whatever I've built over the past months? And so that whole question has, has stayed with me quite, for quite a bit. I've been evaluating it. As I said, we all need to evaluate those powerful questions unto we ourselves. Sure and, and I've realized, you know, even right now, I'm, I'm in my room and when I leave this room, I'm not Coach Mal. I'm I'm Daddy, right? <laughs> to to a son who is doing homeschool at home right now. Which, oh you know, yes, right. So I can't be like you know, leave me alone. I, I've got, I had a bad day, but you know, I'm there and I'm hugging him. I'm like, how how's your day? And how's how's teachers? Are they good? Do they need coaching? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, just kidding. But yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. So what else do we need to think about when we are intentionally kind of living coaching as a lifestyle? Anything else that you want to share about that? Sure. Besides just embodying it, it's, uh, it's that whole, you and I need to test it out as well. We need to test it out on certain very important people in our life. And, and so to me, it's, it's, my, it's my wife, it's my children. And I don't intentionally say, sit down, Coach Mal is going to coach you right now, you know, give me half an hour. No, it's not a, at all that. Same as organizations where we don't say, I'm going to coach you now. So over the next four weeks, you know, I'm going to have this amount of time. And that can be done. But if that's not done from the heart, Right, that's going to be a big, big challenge because people closest to us, and even our, you know, employees or subordinates working with us in organizations, will mm -hmm. realize the full us. Right, and it's not easy to fool them <laughs> that we've just suddenly changed and put on that coaching hat, and I'm going to coach you now. So to me, I, I realize it's about intentionally deciding that I want to be the coach in this situation, asking permission, obviously, to enter that room mm -hmm. and allowing that conversation to flow without that judgment, right? And that's what we do. It's what we practice as coaches. 
And as we do that, we'll just take one conversation at a time, not to solve everything so that my son will be a better son today, right? But just to help him understand that maybe he just needs to take that half step to a certain direction mm-hmm. where he's comfortable. So to me, that's how I've done it. I've done it by practicing it on a daily basis, on an organized, uh, on, I mean, on a conversational basis. So it's like what we, we've talked about um, before as, as coaches, we're making an impact one conversation, conversation at, a, at time. a time. Yeah. So, so to me, I think that's the power of it. It's not once again, a bam, one right. wonder. It's that whole ripple effect. One conversation becomes a second, becomes an 83rd conversation. And it's just small snippets. And, and to me, it's not having just, you know, the long ones as well. Sometimes it's that one minute bump in. I've got my daughter coming out from her room from uni online and, and she looks a bit stressed and I'm like, hey, you're looking fine. <laughs> you know, just a small Good thing to like see that. you, just yeah. Good to see you, finally. No, I'm not saying that would be the old me, like finally get to see you. Oh, what yeah, you a little guilt, room? yeah. It's like, but now it's like, hey, you know, good to see you. You're you, you mm-hmm. looking fine and, you know, what's up? You know, how was your day? open-ended and making sure that she's connecting and she's wanting to connect. And you know Mm -hmm. what? Sometimes she sits down and that's when magic happens, right? When she sits down and like, yeah, you know, yeah. And then she starts telling just a little bit about her story. So I don't go deep straight away and say, tell me about this one. Tell me about that. Right. I'll just take it one step at a time. So um, Meg, there is, there's no, full formula for it, Mac. Um, for me, I've just taken it as just living, breathing, you know, questioning that over myself first, applying that to the people I love. And I'm not saying applying that in that way. It's by embodying it so that right. I, I, be, I become that coach wherever I am. And of course, then on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on different platforms where we have influence, that whole message trickles forward. And you'll begin to see that I, I, I am very intentional in my communication. You are very so intentional. That- you are a very <laughs> lovely presence on LinkedIn. And you, you are thoughtful. You're intentional. You sang a lovely song recently. <laughs> I was so impressed that you just, nice. you come through in everything you do on social media. Thank you. Thank you, Meg. And so do you. <laughs> so tell me this, what is the, the name of the book and when does it come out? The book is called Engage. It's like what we're doing right now, engaging with one mm-hmm. another. I love long subtitles and that hence the book has a long subtitle. It's Engage, How to Stop Living in Default and Start Living the Life You Desire. And that comes out in August. I hope. <laughs> yes, every, every we're we're sort of on this special calendar that none of us really know when anything's happening right now. But uh, what so. about if people want to learn more about Catalyst? How could they mm. learn more? Well, they can go on to our website, which is iamcatalyst.live, and they can look at what we've done there and connect with us over there. There's an apprentice program that we run on a yearly basis. And coaches can also volunteer the time being coaches to social entrepreneurs. So that's that's how we create it for 
to, and to be frank, I, I didn't want to create something that I'll forever be in the front. I want to be on the sidelines cheering them on and mm -hmm. inviting more and more coaches to come in and be an impact in the different parts of Africa that we can touch together. This work that you do shows the power of the process of coaching, the belief that, that when we believe in the people that we work with, know yeah. that they truly are creative and resourceful and whole and, and they, we can partner with them. It just does amazing things. And you are a beautiful example of that. So thank you for bringing thank you. Thank you. your special to the show today and for spending time with me. I so appreciate you. And me too. I really, really thank you, Meg, for the work that you're doing. And, you know, just continue to press on, continue to spread that wonderful news about coaching. That's a deal. You keep doing your sauce, special sauce. I'll keep spreading my special <laughs> sauce and we will make this happen. <laughs> Thanks, Mel. Thank you. Wonderful. It is truly such a privilege to bring coaches into your living rooms, your headsets, your computers, wherever it is that you're listening to the show, and allow them to touch you with their experiences and what they have learned through their journey. And that was certainly the case with Mel Liao. If you'd like to know more about Mel, about his work at imcatalyst.live or just in general about the work that he does, go to starcoachshow.com. In the episode notes for episode 198, you will get all the links to be able to connect with Mel. Be sure to come back next week. I am once again overjoyed to bring another phenomenal coach to you, Chris Kenny of Chris Kenny Coaching is going to share business building secrets with us. Chris is a phenomenal business coach. He works with some dear friends of mine and has helped them multiply their businesses several times over, like in the five, six, seven times and create incredible success. And he's going to bring some of that secret sauce to the show for us next week. So I will look forward to seeing you then. If you are enjoying the show, I would appreciate a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. We are so close to episode 200 and I have a few more rates and reviews that I have that goal set to reach by the 200th episode. So hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rate and review. I would so appreciate it. Until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have an awesome week. Be well and take care of one another.